This is the Bookslingers Podcast with Ariane Crosby and Corrine Brown. Please be aware that every Bookslingers Podcast contains the potential for spoilers. This is the Bookslingers Podcast for the week of May 1st, 2013. I'm Ari. I'm Ms. Green. Who's forgotten who she is? I thought who I was! There was a, there was a pensive pause. No, it wasn't a pensive pause. I was finishing up the uh, dark chocolate Akai blueberry cover things that I was eating. Okay, fair enough. Oh, so in ten words or less, how was Paris? Or do you only remember the bread? Um, yes. Yes, you only remember the bread? And sleeping in. Oh, hold on. Sleeping in, bread, cheese, tomatoes, salt, pepper, pain au chocolat. Bam! Oh. Really, really jealous of the bread. A lot of food. And it was... And it was good. How was uh things that weren't Paris? Well, they weren't Paris. Mm, what is? What is? Yeah. There was a definite lack of pain au chocolat. Mm. I think that everyone's lacking pain au chocolat in their lives. Yeah. As a rule. It's never enough. You could never have enough. Well, you probably never. Could. Actually, my... No, no, you never, ever could. My entire plan while I was in Paris was to not go past a single boulangerie or pâtissier without going in and buying something. And was Which I did! Successful. All right. It, it's, good, did. it's good to come back from a vacation having, you know, attained goals. Yeah, except when you come back, you're like, what are you going to do So this week in books. Oh, I've got a couple of things. You should go first. Okay. Uh, well, my first one is actually a couple of weeks ago or a week ago. The CLA Book Award winners have been announced. And can I just as a brief aside say, dear Canadian Library Association, your website has serious problems. It's not the best. It is not even in the top 100 of the best. It's a terrible website. It, it God, their URLs are so ugly it makes me want to cry. They try. They're clearly not trying very hard. Um, yeah, the, the, the awards aren't even listed on their main site. I had to scroll back through my email to find Ugh. a press release with the list of books. So <laughs> let's see here. Uh, we, I have not read a single bloody one of them. Uh, my book of, <laughs> I bet you haven't either. My book of life by, <coughs> my book of life by Angel by Martine <laughs> Levitt, which is about a teenage prostitute in Vancouver. Uh, which is why I haven't read it. <laughs> uh, what Happened to Ivy by Kathy Stinson, which is about mercy killings. Again. And uh, 40 Things I Want to Tell You by Alice Creepers, which is about teen pregnancy. <laughs> so, obviously, these are very, very Canadian. List of Canadian books. <laughs> oh, you know... I'm glad that they're out there and that someone wrote it, but yes. for me, those subject matters tend to self-weed in my to-read pile Personal because, pile, yeah, yeah, it's not my thing. I'm glad they're there, and congratulations to all the award yes. winners. Congratulations! A lot of librarians really liked you. Well done. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and on that note, it's a uh, TV book week. Is it? Apparently. 
bookweek.ca if anyone's curious about the events. There's a bunch of authors touring the country oh, yeah. doing book-related things. Oh, yeah. A couple of people on tour. Anyone cool? I only glanced at the list because I wouldn't be able to go to any of them anyway. You're well, in the lower mainland. Yes, but most of them are during the day when I'm at work. <laughs> work. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's ridiculous. My priorities are clearly people. skewed. So what what were your couple of things? Okay, so one of them, have you been paying attention to the wiki wars? Only peripherally. So essentially what has happened is I, there's been a bit of a, a kerfuffle mm-hmm. where the users of Wikipedia, there's a list of American authors just like there's a list of Canadian authors, list of Nigerian authors, South African, whatever, whatever. But apparently the list was getting too big for people. So they decided to separate it out into American authors oh, right. and American women authors. Yeah, that's right. American lady authors are not American authors. They're lady authors. Who yeah. To come. yeah. 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 So it's not cool. No. Not cool. Joyce Carol Oates. Um... Lady, or sorry, author with lady bits, um, tweeted that Wikipedia bias is an accurate reflection of universal bias. Yeah. All male writers are writers. A woman writer is a woman, is a woman writer. Yeah. Yeah, so that is not cool. Not cool at all. And here is hoping that it doesn't, I'm not sure of the state of it because I'm, it's kind of like Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. If I look into that box, my faith in humanity will either be destroyed, but my faith in humanity is already in a box. Also, gas. Also, yeah, also the box is full of poison. Yes. So either way, it's not really a great plan. No, it is not. It's a really multi-purpose metaphor. Isn't it? It really is. I'm sad about, oh, no, wait, it was a thought experiment, not an actual cat in an actual box. No. Which, read that in the which physicists will hasten to tell you, to reassure you. Even really? Though, even though these because people, historically, they yeah, have not been one to shirk it, the animal death. Yeah, it's important to note that, that however safe and harmless physicists contrive to appear, these are people who stick their heads inside particle accelerators just because they're curious about what will happen. True story. Confirmed well, by an actual physicist. You know what will happen? Actually, the most horrifying story that I've heard recently about scientists, they are the worst sometimes, is about a, I guess he would be kind of like a social scientist in the 1700s. Oh, God. Um, it's, it's a book which I heard someone talk about on the radio, and it sounded interesting, but I'm a little bit too scared to read it. It's How to Create the Perfect perfect Wife, A History of Thomas Day. Yes. 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 Can you guess where this is going to go? I'm just going to go ahead and preemptively fire Thomas Day. Anyways, so he read Rousseau and was like, Oh, God. Yes. (laughs) Rousseau is the way to go. It rhymes um, in everything. It must be true. Yes. Yes, exactly. He had, Tom had some problems with the ladies in that they weren't, I don't even know, wifey enough for him, despite 
being the requisite thing. So he decided to make one. Not out of, like, lady bits. This isn't a Frankenstein thing, but it is equally as horrifying. He picked up two 11-year-olds. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Essentially from an orphanage. He kind of went through and went, mm, that one, that one. How the package didn't fit to my estate, please. He named them Sabrina and Lucretia. And he took them to France. Um, I assume in, like, the trunk of his carriage. And then in his creepy ass castle, decided to make them the perfect wife. No. Fine. Fine. But anyways, it is How to Create the Perfect Wife by Wendy Moore. It looks amazing. Oh, God. Yeah, and he was no looker, let me say. Yeah. Yeah. Special. Anyhow, on a slightly other different track, Oh, we should have a little in memoriam moment for um, E.L. Koningsberg, who okay. passed away. And that's very sad. It's very sad. Yeah. There's our moment. Good yep. beat. Yep. Good beat. And the other other thing, other, 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 other thing, is that Puffin is releasing Canadian class, Canadian children's classics with sexy new covers. Um, none of which featuring children getting their arms burned by hot wax. <laughs> I, say that's I know why I'm excited. Yep. Yes, yeah, so they're doing... Um, by sexy, we don't mean Bucks and Blondes in the plays of Anna Green Gables. Oh. <laughs> why? I do not know. Why? It is a mystery to everyone. Probably everyone oh. involved. I'm pretty sure the descriptor sexy has never been applied to Anna Greek books. They are the least sexy books I know. Good God, I hope not. No, it, no. You do not need to sex them up. They're about children. Yep. Children. Anyway, yay, Puffin. Yeah, Puffin. So they're doing Underground to Canada. Awaken Dreaming. Oh, sorry. Underground to Canada by Barbara Smucker, which is a super nice cover because the ones that I've seen have featured two runaway slave children looking horrified (laughs) and scared and terrorized. And it's not appealing to kids because they look at that and go, what? No. No, I do not want to do that. I'm pretty sure that's what the cover of the one in my elementary school classroom looked like. Yeah, which, you know, it is absolutely descriptive of what happens in the book, because these are two runaway slaves from the state trying to get into Canada. But, you know, unless you're some kind of psychopath eight-year-old, you don't usually go after books where people look scared to death on the front. Yeah, no. Uh, Maybe that was just me. I mean, Goosebumps did very well for themselves. Um, Awaken Dreaming by Kit Pearson with an introduction by Kenneth Opal. Oh, nice. Um, Mama's Gonna Buy You a Mockingbird by Jean Little, with an introduction by Kelly Armstrong. Interesting pick. And Run by Eric Walters, which I have to admit, I've never read. Uh, with an introduction. Okay, we're cool. With an introduction by Deborah Ellis. Ooh. So they look really, really cool. I love the covers. I'm very pleased that these are coming out in shiny new paperbacks and for a new generation of readers. So. I think I think the only one of those I actually own is Underground to Canada, and it has the frightened children on the cover. Yeah, they're scared, aren't they? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Alright, so, I can't remember what this feature is called because it's been so long, Ari. It's currently reading Korean. <laughs> is it? Really? Yep. Have we called it? Can we figure out yep. anything clever at that? I'm no. pretty sure you named it Korean. No. Never. Never. So pick anyway. three. Three. Actually, is it what I'm currently reading or what I read in the interim of our last podcast? Because well, you clearly cannot do all of those. Just pick three. Why not? Why because, not? Because I've read only, 165 books this year. Because I'm only going to code three into the list for the blog post, so you only get to have three. I'm currently reading. Yes. Um, I have the second in the Shades of London series by Maureen Johnson, which we talked about in a previous podcast. But we're gonna have to get Pippa back to, uh, yeah, to give us give us the balanced. Although I might like this one. There's you might like this one. Oh. Yes. Um, it's not that I hated the. We were first just talk- one. we were just talking about that today, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, we were on the sea bus coming back from the comic shop, and I was telling Lucy about the podcast and. And she says, it's just doing Korean. And I said, oh, well, Pippa was on it once. And Pippa's like, yeah, they panned a book I really love. And I'm like, but we were balanced about it. <laughs> we're so cool. <laughs> but that's why we have Pippa. Because she's exactly. a rare sunshine. And Captain exactly. <laughs> when we really hate something, then we'll bring someone in to make sure we're not completely yes, off. Or sure. do we? Sometimes we don't. Anyhow, I have the second book. It's in my hands. It's a weird cover. Really weird. It's called The Madness Underneath. Hmm. It's blurred by Ali Carter, Holly Black, and Sandra Clare, so I'm nervous. Uh, I always get but, nervous when Cassandra Clare blurbs anything, but yeah. like, I admit that it's a knee-jerk reaction. That's true. But to be fair, I think that a lot of the problems that we had with the first book are not going to be there in the second book. Because what if you listen to our podcast, or if you didn't want to, I'm just going to sum this valid. up. Because maybe you yeah, really, yeah. really liked this book and didn't yeah. want to hear us say bad things about it. Well, I think our main problem was it, that it was suddenly supernatural. Um, yeah. That it started with a really interesting boarding school plot and then just kind of went, bam, paranormal. What did we call it? We called it Teen Torchwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which would have been also a fine book, but it came out of nowhere, which actually, retroact, like looking back upon it, is probably what Torchwood episodes look like for people who aren't part of Torchwood. Like, you're going about your business, having your own little regular adventures, and then all of a sudden, bam, Torchwood. And your life is never the same. Yes. However, maybe this one will yeah. like. So I'm looking, well, I think because that was my main misgiving with the first one, I think I will enjoy this one a lot more. And the other book that I'm reading is Unspoken by Sarah Reese Brennan, because it has a cute cover. But I follow her on Twitter, and she retweets a lot of the kind of tweet review. Is there a good portmanteau for tweet Twitter reviews? Tweet retweet retweet tweet retweet. Ah, no, there isn't. Twitter review. It feels like there should retweet retweet you. Oh, anyhow, it's, it's uh, no, it's boiling my brain. Um, yeah, and apparently it kind of ends on a cliffhanger, and oh. I don't like that. So, yeah, yeah. Hmm. And yourself? 
Uh, well, uh, I have the Fire Chronicle sitting on my bedside table right at this moment. Oh. Yes. Oh. I'm only a little ways into it because then I got distracted by our book of the week speaking from Among the Bones by Ellen Bradley, and I still have a lot of feelings we're going to get to those later. Yeah. Well, I'm not very far in yet, but it sort of started with a bang. And I, I have to pick it up okay. again because I'm a little nervous now because of where the bang was, and then I got distracted and haven't gone back. Was it in someone's space or? Metaphorically. Oh. Yes. Uh, Grave Mercy by Robin Lefebvre. Oh, I have that one, too. Yes, we should do one on that one. Yeah, we should. It will make me read it. I bought it. It's one of those books that I bought, and I'm like, I'm going to absolutely enjoy this, so I'm going to put it on the shelf and not touch it. <laughs> you should definitely read it. I have to take it back to the library soon, so. Oh, all right. Um, and all right. I have a copy, completely uncracked, actually, of Scarlet by Marissa Meyer, which is the sequel to I've Forgotten the Title of the Original Book. Cinder! Cinder! Cinder. I have it, too! I have it, too! <gasps> Yay! See, look at us! Coordination. Had to happen eventually. Completely by accident. I think just our holds all came in at the same time. Yeah, actually the um the, the copy of Scarlet is an ARC. Oh, how did you get that? Well, I didn't actually. Trisha did from uh, back when she was still working for Chapters. Uh, she brought me a big stack of them. She's like, I've read these. You do podcast. Take... <laughs> And had to be a stack of books. I've been touched them since. <laughs> anyway, our book of the week. Yeah. Wait, I have to look up the title again because I'm going to say it wrong. Do you want me to just say it or do you want to find it? She has the book in front of her. I had to return it because I borrowed it from someone. Yeah, go figure. I actually impulse bought it. Okay, well, here's what happened. I, I was not keeping track of when this book came out because I was just sort of, I, I treat I treat Ellen Bradley books sort of like the seasons, like they'll happen. They'll come in their own time. And so I have no idea when one is actually coming out. And then I was on the sea bus and there was a girl sitting across from me reading it. And it was a library book. So I pulled out my phone and I tried to find it in the library, but there was no way to be any further ahead than 77th on any waiting list. So ouch. So I tried to find it in a bookstore, but there are no bookstores near Lonsdale Key. So I went home and I couldn't find it anywhere. So when I was visiting my mother on the island, I bought it at a tiny little bookstore in Campbell River oh. called Coho Books, which is lovely, by the way. And when, when you come to the island in June, we I will spend Coho all my money. Yes, Coho Books and the Yarn Shop, the, I think the only yarn shop in Campbell River, are very close together. That's awfully convenient. Isn't it just? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, 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 um, the old lady in the bookshop, uh, I said, so I'm looking for the new Flavia de Lucia book. I can't remember what it's called. And before I got four words out, she'd walked across the store and pulled it off the shelf for me. <laughs> She knows her business. And then she handed it to me, and she gave me a very sort of firm nod and said, murder. <laughs> it's the best, isn't it? It was great. Oh, murder so, is so good. So it's called Speaking from Among the Bones. <laughs> yes. Oh, good title. Yep, it is a good title. They get progressively better, I find. What's the next one? The next one is The Dead in Their Vaulted Arches. Ooh. Good title. Right? Good they, title. They get more ominous as they go on. 
Considering that they are all about murder. people murdering each other, that yeah. is saying something. Yeah. That is saying something. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, speaking from among the bones begins, like most of the Slavia Buche books, uh, a thing is happening in Bishop's Lacey, and this time it's about to be the, oh God, how do you say this? Quincentenary? That's pretty good. Was that, is that correct? I don't even, I kept having to go back and read through it again. It's not a word you see very often. The 500th anniversary. The 511th birthday. 511th. Yes. Of Bishop Lacey's patron saint, Tancred. Bad name. Yeah. Bad luck, sir. Bad luck. Wow. Normans. Um, so the 500th, 500th anniversary of, I believe, his death. 111th birthday. Is that what you celebrate with saints? I'm not entirely clear. But they're opening up his tomb for the anniversary. <laughs> it's an odd sort of birthday present. Thank you for being <laughs> dead so long. Let's crack you open and take a look. Yeah, I really don't understand that at all. Uh, but Flavia, of course, is is very interested in this because there's... A oh, she's in the thick of things. She's naturally in the thick of things and happens to be present when they open the crypt and... St. Tancred yeah. isn't alone. <laughs> He's all snuggled up. He yeah. has a friend. He has a friend. friend. He has a guest. <laughs> That's very nice. <laughs> Lovely way of putting it. He has company. Well, it is, it is a cozy mystery. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that it is. That it is. Yeah, so it happens to be the town's organist, and that is not a euphemism. No, he's actually the organist. Although, to be perfectly honest, I giggled at that for about 15 minutes. He's an organist. Especially especially after his initial physical description of his his angelic golden curls and and, and Mm -hmm. all the girls had crushes on him, but he clearly wasn't interested in them. And I'm like, organist. (laughs) Okay, guys. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not only is 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 he you know stuffed into a saint's five hundred year old tomb, but he's also wearing a rubber gas mask from the war. Yeah, which, which is a little weird. Yeah, very Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I thought of. Yeah, and I imagine that almost everyone who picked up this book, who was even remotely familiar with Doctor Who, thought the same thing. So well done, Alan Bradley. <laughs> Hats off, sir, if I was wearing a hat. Yep. Hats off. Yeah, so there's a dead body for her to investigate. There is the fam- the troubles at home, which were in the old book. Because of her mother's demise, they have to pay death taxes on the property, which belonged to her family. And death taxes are expensive. Yep. So they may have to put her beloved buckshaw up for sale. Yes, which is a, has, has, of course, been happening Throughout the books, but in this case, this time it's darkened even further. And throughout it the whole book, we know dark. something new is happening with the family, but we're not being told what Flavia is not getting told. She keeps trying to find out she, and uh, tell her. Uh, yes, and uh, even amongst all this saintly business, there is a miracle of sorts. Saint, yes. this, I believe it's the statue of Saint Tancred starts to cry blood. Or does he? Mm-hmm. And there's also, what's the name of the very flash gentleman that I mentally cast as some hot British actor? The bouncy around this fancy car. The yes, botanist. he's a historical botanist. Slash. 
Hang on. Try the cute guy. Bugger. Where is he? Anyhow, he's cute. And he kind of recognizes the... Adam. Adam. <laughs> yes, the unique abilities of Flavia. Yes. And decides to join forces with her. But he's not her only ally slash rival in the village. Nope. There's also Simi McTallpants. Holy talkings. <laughs> See, I'm not very good with names. I'm rather much better at nicknames. I believe you're referring to Miss Tanty. <laughs> yes. Whose <laughs> name sounds like Tanty. Yes. You can see why. Yeah. Adam Sowerby, that's his name. Sowerby, again. Very silly. Tanty. <laughs> Anyhow, Miss Tanty fancies herself an amateur detective as well and mm-hmm. sets herself up as a rival to Flavia. Yeah. So there's a lot going on. There is a lot, a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Including, sh- shall we, <laughs> Adam uh, is a historian as well as a botanist, which is an odd, all right. Uh, he wants to, he wanted to, to regenerate 500-year-old plants that have gone extinct, like Jurassic Park, so apparently nobody Did he? Yeah. Or was he after the diamond? Well, he was probably also after the diamond, but he's a friend of Flavius' father. Which makes me think that he might be involved in what happens at the end of the book. Yeah, so this is your spoiler-free zone exit. Yes. If you're traveling down the highway of this podcast, now it's time to take the exit to your left, back to spoiler Freezeville. Let's say that a few more times. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Yeah. And it is kind of a big deal, because I always flip to the end of books. I, 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 I... actually meant to warn you specifically not to do that. Did you do that? I, I totally did. I can't oh. help myself. I need to mentally and physically prepare myself if I'm going to be sad. You know I can't handle sad things happening to animals. Or fictional characters. I know. I have fictional characters is give or take, but damn it, if there's an animal dead... I can't watch hmm. movies where bad things happen to dogs. Oh, I know. Like, I can't. That scene in Independence Day where the dog is running down the tunnel. I don't care about the mother and the kid. I want the dog to be okay. I don't remember that. The dog's okay. Oh, good. All right. Does the family die? No, no. Everybody lives. Oh. Well, I mean, a lot of the population of the Earth probably dies, and I'm pretty sure that the, but the dog lives. The dog lives. I'm, I'm pretty sure in that oh, movie goodness. that all of Canada is destroyed because oh. no one even bothers to mention us. But that's you know American disaster movies. Why would anyone mention us? It's okay. The aliens just skipped us. That's also possible. So anyway, so there's there's a secret diamond that was actually in the crypt with the saint, which is one of the things that they spend the book looking for. But so so, so um, let's see. We've covered most of the blah 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 murder diamond. Here's the important bit, which is the twist on the last page of the book. <laughs> the last sentence. Spoiler! 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 Whoops. <laughs> So throughout the book, you get hints that something new and scary and momentous is happening with, you know, the, the Deluce family secrets and Buckshaw having to go up for sale and the taxes and the blah and other things. And and then... And then <laughs> I can after, tell you were really paying attention. The I blah was, and the things. The blah know, and the things. It was a very, it was a very intense sort of mystery, but it, it, the actual... It was. It was scary. It was genuinely scary. And yet at the yeah. same time, it was very small. Yeah, it was interesting. The mystery itself, I mean, it was resolved in a 
interesting way, but there's these lovely scenes where she's going through the crypts and the tombs yeah. and the graveyard. And especially the scene where she goes into this creepy abandoned house that was clearly at some point, you know, a majestic estate, but now mm-hmm. is overrun with grass and statues of little baby angels that are strewn across the lawn or in oh, yeah. disappear. And the young man locked in the yeah. upstairs room. Oh, we get and then she goes just, into the house. Oh! And looked, it was just really creepy. It was so creepy. The thing, especially when she finds the room and she puts her hand on the door. Oh, I know. And she goes in, and then there's this just this man in this room, all alone, and then this classical music starts playing through and a voice from somewhere oh. in the house. So, so creepy. The oh, thing, is, yeah. the thing no. about this one is that I kept... The other the other ones are, are very, like, everything is part of the central mystery of the particular book, but this one's got, like, 18 different things going on at once. Mm-hmm. And if you look at just what is the central mystery, like, the, the main one you're supposed to notice, it, mm-hmm. it feels a lot smaller and quicker and, 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 and sort of lower to the ground. But if you're paying attention, there's all these other things sort of branching off into the shadows. Mm-hmm. It feels like all the little threads that... Well, essentially, he plays it like a chess, or he writes it like a chess game. So all the pawns that were removed, just one space at the beginning of the other books. Mm-hmm. So you've got all these little mysteries that you don't think too much about because they're not the central mystery. And in this book, he moves them up again. Yeah. But all of them at the same time. Yeah. One more space, and so it you, just gets suddenly real. Yeah. Because so you spend you spend the whole book going, oh, this is a nice, this is a nice quiet little. Thing happening very slowly. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was yeah. intense. So, so I think we should put ourselves out of our misery, and 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 we're we're gonna say it now. Are we? Yeah, I think we are. Are, are you gonna read the last line of the book, which I spoiled myself for? <laughs> I, I am absolutely going to do that, but I'm I'm gonna do the last two paragraphs because they're very, they're little tiny paragraphs. Oh. Settle in, I suppose. Yes. Uh, so, so Flavia has solved the mystery, and she's found the diamond, by the way. So she actually has probably saved Buckshaw because it's a you know huge diamond that probably belongs to their family. Because oh yeah, Flavia ironically is apparently descended from a saint. Yeah, but who isn't in England? That's that's a good point. So she she solved the mystery, and she's beloved by all, and 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 has showed up to Easter services, whatever it's called. Uh, in a muddy dress because she's been crawling through tombs and stopping murderers and almost gets blown up. Saving the day. Saving the day. And she comes home to deliver the good news and she finds her whole family sort of gathered around a table and, and their father is standing mournfully and, 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 and sadly by the fireplace and everyone's very quiet like something terrible is about to happen. And then this happens. Father turned and moved slowly to the window. He lifted the curtain and looked out for a moment upon his estate as if the forces of an overwhelming and invisible army were already gathering in the kitchen garden and advancing across the little lawn. When he turned again, he looked straight into our eyes, first Feely's, then Daffy's, and finally mine, and his voice broke as he said, Your mother has been found. (laughs) The noise I made when I read the last page of this book. Yeah. I actually did that thing where you turn the next three blank pages at the back of the book, desperately searching for more words. <laughs> there were no it's more words. Not, it's not, it's not, it's not. Oh, 
Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. What happened to Harriet? Okay, so here's my question for you. Yeah. In your opinion. Yes. Found. Alive. Or not. It's tricky, isn't it? I want to say she's dead. Or no, alive. Alive. I also say alive. I think she buggered off. I think she was a spy. Really? Didn't she die in, like, Switzerland? Sure. (laughs) It's a dumb place for a spy. I think she, I don't know, strictly speaking, a spy like MI5 or whatever, but I think she was on some kind of mission or quest or something. No, I think she had enough of the life of, you know, being Lady of the Manor and married to, from all intents, it sounds like when whatever the name her father's, her father, when he came back from the war, he was a very, very, very different man. And she had three kids, and I think she couldn't deal with it, and she left. Hmm. She had, you know, she has a life to lead, and she was one of those brilliant spirits that couldn't be pinned down and couldn't live an ordinary life. And I think that when she saw the house with the husband and the three children and her entire life and day stretched out before her, she bolted. Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, they do have that conversation in this book. Flavia actually has a conversation with her father in this book. I know. Shock. Surprise. It was astonishing. Where he ba- he sits her down and he tells her that She's a genius like her mother, that mm-hmm. she is her mother, and that's why her life will always be hard. Mm-hmm. I need yeah. to reread this and see what secret messages are being <laughs> really towards us. I'm pretty, like, the impression that I got from the text, and when she went, I can't remember the name of the boy who lives in the um, room. I can't remember his name, but Vivian. she told yeah Vivian. She told him she was leaving. Yes. So I'm inclined to think that she was definitely out the door. Mm. She had her portrait painted beforehand, so you know you could have a portrait of her instead of mom. Because huh. that's the same. Well, when you're going to fake your death by crashing an airplane into a mountain. Yes. Is that what happened? I don't remember. I know there was a mountain involved. Yeah. Seems a pretty elaborate cover story. The kind of thing that a man whose wife had just left him would make up. Everyone in the village would go, Right. But I thought there were others who had knowledge of it that he hadn't. Haviland, that's his name. Mm. I thought there were others who had, who shared in this story firsthand. I don't think anyone was there. But no, but I mean, like, got the news. Not just from him. I'm going to have to go back and reread them all now. Oh, that's not too much pain. No. No. They're really wonderful, meaty books. They are. They're so comfy. It took me ages to read it because I had it. And I'm like, well, when I read it, it's over. Yeah. And I am sad. Yeah, I was feeling that I got about half to I got halfway through the book because I was reading it on the ferry coming back that weekend. I got about halfway through and I'm like, but if I keep reading, then I will be out of book. Yep. Very yeah. sad. Yeah. Very sad indeed. So Ari, if you liked, which we both did, obviously. Oh. I think that's one of my first five star books of 2013. 
Oh, so good. If only because I've read some really crap books this year. I'm trying to remember what we recommended the last time when we did the Flavia, the All Flavia All the Time podcast. Because I, I yeah, but you can't cheat. No, I can't. I, but I can't remember. It's 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 a really tough one because the only thing that ever springs to mind is something by Alexander McCall Smith. Oh yeah, yeah. Like just about sure. anything. Uh, like it's a cozy mystery, but it's an unusual one. Like these these books get recommended to kids and adults because they're that type of. Slight, yeah, delightfully morbid, cozy mystery. Except mm-hmm. she's eleven, but you know, whatever. Oh, they're not even always in the same part of the bookstore. <laughs> like <laughs> no, sometimes no. they're with kids, and sometimes they're with all of the other murder books. Yeah, I do remember being a particularly bloodthirsty eleven-year-old, so I'm pretty yes. sure I would have enjoyed them. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they're not grisly murder. No, it's not grisly. Like we're not talking. Um, this is not Wallander level. Murder. No, no, no. I wouldn't say grisly. I would say, I would, I would say morbid, but in an eleven-year-old sort of way. Hmm. Yeah, she does say tally ho a lot. So. Mhm. And what, what? But usually only when she's making fun of people. Mhm. Yeah. So if you did like this series, um, one recommendation that I would have for you is the Franny Fisher. Ooh, yeah. Series. So, Franny Fisher, if you haven't seen the delightful Australian TV mini-series... Which is very different from the books. It is, and it isn't. Well, it it, it has significantly different... They give her a different backstory. Yeah. Um, For example, in the books, her sister is very much alive Mm -hmm. and happily shacked up with another lady. Mm -hmm. Um, In the TV mini-series, her sister is tragically dead. So... Spin it from there. Um, but they're set in the 1920s in Australia, and she's the, deli- she's the Honorable Friday Fisher who likes drinking and smoking and gentlemen <laughs> and collecting orphan children. Yes. That's another thing. In the, in the series, she only has one orphan child. Yes, in the books, she has quite a few more. Yep. I think three and counting. Yeah. yeah, three three and counting. I I just read Unnatural Habits. Loved 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 it. It's another book where you kind of really get into the world and you would like mm-hmm. to live there. Yes, it, it, they're all happy the beautiful places. clothes. So many beautiful clothes. So many beautiful clothes and people to do things for you. Bliss. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, another. Uh, this is. It's an author who writes a couple of things, but this is a one-off that she's done, is The Pigeon Pie Mystery by Julia Stewart. And um, I'm in the middle of it, but it reminds me quite a lot of the series. It's about uh, the Indian princess Alexandrina, when her father passes away in a mid-scandal, <laughs> like fathers do in books like this. Um, she's essentially penniless. Lost to Drift and Scandal, her fiancé just kind of doesn't show up anymore, which is a bit awkward. A little bit. You could do write a letter. So she uh, is granted uh, a place at Hampton Court Palace, which sounds really swank, but is in fact quite the opposite. It's full of people that Queen Victoria is essentially giving a house to because it would be awkward for them to be on the street. <laughs> yeah. 
like that. Um, and someone dies. There's pie that was supposedly full of pigeons, but is in fact full of arsenic. And yeah. very different flavor. <laughs> yes. Not what I ordered at all. Star <laughs> review. And her beloved servant Pookie is up for the crime because she made the pie, but obviously yeah. did not arsenic in it, so she has to solve crime and possibly find somewhere else to live. Because <laughs> that place sounds like it sucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> did you, Anything else? Well, did you did hear? I? I meant to mention this earlier. Did you hear that uh, Sam Mendes? Mendes, Mendes, is going to be making Flavia into a 10-episode TV miniseries. Apparently he directed, like, Skyfall and American Beauty, which does not fill me with confidence, but apparently Alan Bradley is very excited about it. Well, he's a deer, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, we think. Well, Skyfall, I found hilarious. I mean, he didn't write it, but... I must admit, I've never laughed so hard in an airplane before. <laughs> <laughs> and it did feature perhaps my favorite Bond villain of all time. Yeah. It's just so... We would get along swimmingly. I do remember. The, t- the tedious anecdotes about rats on islands. Just let it go, sir. Let it go. Yeah. But the part where he's, you know, running after Bond and shooting, and he's like, this is why I hate this spy business. So much running. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, anyhow, interesting. I don't know how I feel about this. My knee-jerk reaction is... Well, I do, do, however, think that uh, miniseries is a far better choice than movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fine, I guess. Fine. Fine. I mean, I do like the Friday, I like the Friday Fisher series. I think it's very good. Um, but can't they just leave some things alone? But, Corrine, then they'd have to write original scripts. That just cannot do. Nope. Do at all. Very well. All right. So that that's that's the podcast. Yep. What book are we going to do next? Well, we have uh, Grave Mercy and we have Scarlet, which I haven't read yet. But have you read either Scarlet or Grave Mercy? No. Well, read one of them, and whichever one you read, that's the one we can do. Let's do Grave Mercy because its sequel is uh, Dark Triumph. Okay. And I am always feeling compelled when I walk by it to purchase it. So right. this would give me an excuse if I've read the first one and really enjoyed it, which I'm sure I will, then I can purchase the second one without feeling rather silly. I think you will as well. It's full of murder and also pretty clothes. I really love murder. <laughs> and so on that much. note, so much. have a lovely week, everyone. Murder and murder. <laughs> You've been listening to the Bookslingers podcast. You can find all of our episodes at www.bookslingers.com. Our theme music is 0051 Electric Guitar by 2006 Classic Soul. All music used on this podcast comes to you courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network.